What's going on, Far, Far Away family? Welcome back to Star Wars in 10. So how is everyone doing on this first day of the week? Yes, it is the dreaded Monday, but what can we do? Now, I wanted to take a moment to let everyone know what happened on Friday. I did meet with the neurologist and they told me absolutely nothing. They seen some spots on my brain and I have two big lesions on my spine. There could be multiple sclerosis, but they want to see if I get any more symptoms and then scan me again to see what changes. But I do have to go to the hospital this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for some steroid injections. That might help me with some of my symptoms, but at the same time, it might not do anything. They don't know. So excuse me if I'm late on any of these episodes this week, but I will make sure that they're all up by this weekend. Okay, now we got that out of the way, we can get to the show. And how are we gonna do that? By dropping the intro. Estimates of their number ranged from a few dozen to more than a thousand, though Bane suspected the truth was somewhere closer to the low end. Beyond that, everything else fell under the headings of wild speculation or illogical superstition. Drawn by the unmistakable power of the dark side emanating from his target, Bane dropped the triumph lower and began to weave in among the tall black peaks. As he flew deeper into the range, he began to notice increased signs of recent seismic activity. Some of the mountains were over 20 kilometers tall, but most were half that height, their tops blown off when the molten lava at their core erupted in a shower of smoke and fire. It wasn't long before the stronghold itself came into view. A towering structure built on the flat plain of a valley hidden deep within the heart of the range. A four-sided flat-topped pyramid chiseled from black obsidian. The 200-meter-tall building was part fortress and part monument to a self-proclaimed god. From the stories of the townspeople, Bane had learned that Andedu had been worshipped as a deity during his long, long life before being overthrown. Yet even after his betrayal and death, a small cult of devoted followers believed his spirit still existed. They had continued their loyal service, preparing themselves for the day their master would return. Prakith's long isolation from the rest of the galaxy had only served to strengthen his followers' resolve. Those who lived in the temple now were described by everyone he spoke to as fanatics, and Bane suspected each would be willing to sacrifice his or her life to protect Andedu's holocron. Bane throttled back his shuttle, searching for a place to touch down. Ribbons of lava crawled down from the surrounding peaks and crisscrossed their way across the valley. The malevolent power emanating from the stronghold kept the deadly streams at bay, but any landing site he chose on the ground would be at risk. He had no intention of acquiring the holocron, only to return and discover that his ship had disappeared beneath a slow-flowing river of magma. There was one option, the flat top of the stronghold, no doubt constructed in the first place as a landing site. He would have preferred not to risk alerting anyone inside the pyramid by landing on it, but it seemed he had no choice. There was a time for subtlety and a time for strength. He circled the pyramid once, then brought the shuttle in for a perfect landing on the landing pad. Moving quickly, he sprang from the cockpit and raced outside, lightsaber already drawn. Through the force, he could sense the chambers in the building beneath his feet explode in a flurry of activity as the cultists rallied to meet the unexpected intruder. He glanced quickly around, taking stock of his surroundings. 
The roof was square, 30 meters across on each side with a small hatch built into one corner. At that moment, the hatch burst open and beings he assumed were cultists began to pour out, nearly two dozen in total, all armed with vibroblades and clubs. Despite their numbers, Bane instantly realized they posed no real threat. Though they worshipped one of the ancient Sith, these were ordinary men and women. The Force did not flow through their veins. They were nothing but fodder. Their fury might be fueled by the dark side energies emanating from the temple, but Bane could just as easily draw upon the same power, letting it build until he unleashed it against his foes. A decade earlier, he would have eagerly engaged them in physical combat. His body pumped full of adrenaline, released by the orbalisks that had covered his flesh. Swept up in a mindless rage, he would have carved a bloody swath through their numbers, hacking and slashing at his helpless enemies while relying on the impenetrable shells of the orbalisks to protect him from their blows. But the orbalisks were gone now. He was no longer invulnerable to physical attacks, yet he was no longer a slave to the primal bloodlust that used to overwhelm him. Free from the parasitic infestation, he was able to dispatch his enemies using the Force rather than relying solely on brute strength. Bane extinguished his weapon and stood perfectly still, allowing the swarming horde to close in on him as he gathered his strength. He called upon the power of the temple itself, feeding on it to bolster his own abilities as he created a deadly field around his body. It began as a tight circle, but quickly spread outward until it extended to a radius of 10 meters with the Sith Lord at the center. The air within the circumference of the field suddenly became darker, as if the light from the red sun above had been suddenly dimmed. Cloaked in the shadowy gloom, Bane simply held his ground against the enemy assault. The front ranks of onrushing cultists shrieked in agony as they entered the field. Their life essence violently sucked out of their bodies, aging them a thousand years in only a few seconds. Muscles and tendons atrophied instantaneously, their skin withered and shrank, pulling tight across their bones. Eyes and tongues shriveled, turning them into mummified husks before their desiccated flesh crumbled away, leaving only skeletal remains and a few strands of hair. The effort of creating an aura of pure dark side energy would have quickly exhausted even Bane. However, as his enemies fell, he was able to draw their essence into himself, feeding on their energies to revitalize his fading strength and reinforcing the field in preparation for the next wave of victims. The mass of cultists continued to charge forward. Those in the middle ranks had seen the fate of their companions and tried desperately to stop. But the momentum of those behind swept them forward into the field to suffer the same agonizing death as those who had already fallen. Only those at the very rear of the crowd were able to see the danger and pull up in time to save themselves. Of the more than 20 cultists who had attacked him, only a handful were able to save themselves. They stood at a safe distance hovering on the edge of the deadly field with weapons raised, uncertain how to proceed. Bane ended their confusion by letting the field drop and drawing his lightsaber. His opponents were too slow and too few to challenge him, and their crude vibro weapons couldn't even parry his glowing blade. Completely helpless against a superior foe, their mindless devotion to Andedu still compelled them to attack the invader of the sacred temple. 
Bane cut them down like dogs. Okay, I really like this part. There was a lot of action and some dark side force use. The way Bane made a force bubble to suck the life force out of them and the first time that I've ever heard of Sith being able to do that. Okay, now let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from the Chinese philosopher Confucius. He said, choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. Well, wow, that's some amazing words. Basically, if you love what you do, then it's not work. And the reason that I chose this quote is far too often people ask me why I do this. It's not like I need the money. And I tell them that it is my passion. I love doing it. My father always told me to find something that you would do for free. Learn how to make money doing it and you'll be a rich man. I thought he was talking about having money, wealth, but that's not what he meant. He meant a life filled of joy and happiness. And there's nothing better than that. When you are doing something that you love to do, trust me, the money will come. If you plot, plan, and follow your dreams, the money will flow in. You have to manage that money correctly and invest it back into yourself. That's the only way you're going to make more money. Okay, quick side note. Don't spend your money on nothing that you can't make more money. Always invest your money back into yourself. Spend your money on equipment or training because that will help you make more money. Okay, now back to what I was saying. If you love what you do, it's not work. It's a hobby that you get paid for. Let that resonate for me. Okay, that's all I got for today. Join us tomorrow for the next part. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.